Hey, what up? It's Podcast Rebellion. We are back headed again here in the Davis McCord State Farm Studios. Before I'm joined by Mr. Benjamin Woodhouse, I first want to remind you that we are in the Davis McCord State Farm Studios and they are our title sponsor. So if you need good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis McCord. He's your one-stop shop in Tennessee and Mississippi for the service that you deserve at the price that you want. So stop looking around, hit up Davis, 901-755-6110 for surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Ben, good evening. Good evening. It's been a while. We're, we've got to get back on a regular schedule here. I know. It's, it's Everybody's been busy. Um, Not to be confused with Ole Miss getting back on a regular winning schedule. That's right. Yeah, we all we all need to get back on schedule. Um, we've, uh, we, we've been busy offline, but uh, we'll get back into the swing of things. As SEC play starts this weekend, we will get to that momentarily. But first, uh, the enormous... Um, hideous elephant in the room uh, almost loses 13 to 1 on the road in Ruston to Louisiana Tech. A pretty solid tech team. Uh, they took one from Arkansas over the weekend. So they uh, basically, uh, with pitching and defense, shut out two top five offenses um, in back to back games. Uh, before, we, uh, before we dive into that, I do want to paint a picture here. And this isn't me um, dismissing. The, the loss or dismissing Louisiana Tech's performance because it was dominant. Um, but for those that, that may be tuning in in passing, uh, for those that don't keep up with college baseball year in, year out, um, for those that kind of don't know what happens, uh, it's a weird sport. It's a niche sport for a reason. Um, it's uh, it's strange. And it's also, you know, hashtag baseball. Um, midweek losses happen a lot. And uh, Tuesday, uh, as I was jokingly referring to it as Turbulent Tuesday, uh, just running through the uh, D1 Top 25 here, Ben, number 25, Virginia Tech, lost 7-2 to UNC Greensboro. We have number 8, Louisville, lost 6-3 to uh, Eastern Kentucky. We have uh, number 14, Oklahoma State, lost to Louisiana Monroe, 13-6. Uh, we have number five, Florida, spanked by Florida State, ten to two. Uh, and then, if I switch over to this evening, so we are recording this Wednesday night. So by the time you're listening to this, it'll be uh, Thursday or Friday. Um, the scoreboard right now: number nine, ECU, lost ten to two to UNC Wilmington, and I believe, yep. Bottom of the seventh, right now, the Davidson Wildcats, the Fighting Steph Currys, are up nine to four on number sixteen, South Carolina. All that to be said, Ben. Um, losses happen, but uh, as uh, we saw on Tuesday, if you were tuning in to the live stream, it was uh, it was pretty gross. Yeah, losses do happen, and I agree with you. You know, it's turbulent Tuesday. I, I agree with all of that. But you still don't lose fourteen to one, right? And and you don't you have more you make yourself have more competitive at bats. Um, you know, you go you play a, an opponent who I don't know anything about Louisiana Tech or their recruiting, but you can't imagine that they have any player on their roster that Ole Miss recruited. Um, may, you you might be able to tell me wrong, but it's kind of like we talk about in football all the time. You know, when you when when a team like 
Ole Miss, for example, or Alabama. Let's let's say Alabama, even though they're not really fair to say LSU or A and M. When they play Kentucky in football, Kentucky may have one player that that Alabama recruited, but he was from Lexington or he's from Louisville, and and he ended up going to the in-state school. And just because he's from home. But by and large, Alabama recruits, recruits an entirely different 85 players from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. The same should go for baseball here. And I, I agree, it is baseball. But losing 14 to 1 is a little bit of a different animal, right? I mean, I think I, I, I heard, and I could be wrong, that the coaches were not happy after the game. Um, that's just from water cooler talk at work. But, you know, is another – I don't know, man. I just we, – we were talking before we came on the show, Ole Miss. This is two or three times now where Ole Miss has lost four times in Nikon where Ole Miss has lost. And really, other than the one UCF game where, you know, Ole Miss came back kind of late and lost by one run, they haven't really even been in the game. You know, they mm-hmm. were getting beat pretty bad by ULM. Got they were getting smoked and got smoked by Tech, and UCF beat them pretty bad one game. So, out of four non-conference losses, Ole Miss has taken off the chin three times. And yeah, we were talking about this on the show before, or before the show. You know, there's one thing to to lose a few non-conference games. That's going to be expected. You know, I think you you play 26. I don't know if it's different this year. I haven't I haven't counted the games on the schedule. I'm sure it is. But if you play, let's say, 20 non-conference games and you lose five or six of them, well, that gives you less room for error in SEC play right. because the the 16 and 14 SEC team, for example, or the 15 and 15, because SEC is really good. We all know that. It's going to be good every year till we die. The, the, the 15 and 15 or 16 and 14 team in the SEC looks, you know, when they go – one loss in a non-con or two losses, you know, that team's hosting, right? 16 and 14, it's 17 and 13. But now that you lost four or five, you know, you probably need to go 17 and 13 to keep your national seed. I could be wrong here. I mean, I don't – I haven't kept up with it as much this year, but just looking in the past, I mean, there's been some Ole Miss teams win 16, 17 conference games and be a two seed. Yeah. So – um you know, I I think Ole Miss is fine simply because Gunnar Hoagland is going to continue to be good. Doug Nikhazy is going to be good again. Derek Diamond has got the stuff. Ole Miss's bullpen is really good on the weekend. But you can't rely on Tim Elko to be, you know, 2004 Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz for the remainder of the season. Like, that's asking too much of one player. I'm not saying he's incapable of doing it. But you got to start getting some good ABs from some other power hitters on the roster. I won't name names, but some guys have just been underachieving so far. I think they would tell you that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at the box score from Tuesday, six total hits for Ole Miss. Two of those came from Kevin Graham. I mean, rest, that's just pathetic. No, the rest are the rest are scattered everywhere. Um, one was a pinch hit. Uh, I assume a single from John Rice Plumley late in the game. But I mean you had the one RBI from Ben Van Cleve. Um Knox LaPosser had a base hit and TJ McCants had a hit. That's it. You had uh Peyton Chatney 0 for four, Justin Bench 0 for three, Tim Elko 0 for three, 
Jacob Gonzalez, 0 for 2. Well, it's uh, 0 for 12 from those batters. Yeah, Kel right Baker, Kel Baker, 0 for 2. Hayden Leatherwood, 0 for 3. Those guys. So can't, we're 0 for 17. Yeah, out that, of those guys, you can't have 0 for from those veterans. Um, now I know that Kevin Graham is the lone guy in the lineup that, um, well, Tim Elko obviously have seen SEC pitching. Um, I guess Ben Van Cleve, maybe. I don't remember because none of them had the ability to see SEC pitching because of the shutdown last year. So it's a fresh lineup. They're all new. And look, I, I, the first weekend was great. They played really well. They played loose. They had fun. They beat three really good teams. Now you can't afford to lose a midweek game like that to Louisiana Tech. Now, Tech could be really good. I mentioned they beat Arkansas. Um, look, I mean, anytime I mean, but, you're... But the, what, like, here's, here's our deal, though, dude. Like, even if they are really good, even if they're the number one team in the nation, if you expect to be a top eight seed, top five team, you don't lose 14 to one. You know what I'm saying? And it, it'd be one thing if that game was an anomaly, like I was saying before. But they kind of took it took it Sunday pretty good too. I'm not saying it was a 14 to one beating, but that was at home with a good crowd. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm not saying the sky is falling. And I know people are gonna be like, "Oh my God, Ben is like, you know, saying this is over." Not at all. I mean, it's baseball, and Ole Miss, their team. I mean, LSU has not been good so far this year. And, yeah. and you would much rather be hot in in May and June than here in in March. So right, March should be you should be hot in basketball, but nevertheless, like I, you know, it's going to be fine. I know that's me talking on both sides of my mouth, but it, to say that you shouldn't have a little bit of urgency on getting you know working better at bats, that's just that would just be a fallacy on my part. I mean, they they should, and, and I think they would agree with that. Yeah, you know, you got Ole Miss has got power in the lineup. Tim Elko, of course, he's been producing. Kevin Graham, he's been producing lately. He's got it. Kel Baker has it. I mean, he basically beat Louisville last year. You got to have those guys driving the baseball. You know, Ben Van Cleve had a huge hit out in Texas earlier in the year. You got to have him driving gaps. And right now, that's just not happening. And, and, I expect them to get it together and do it. And they may sweep Auburn. If they sweep Auburn, Tuesday doesn't matter, right? Right, yeah. And if they go 19 and 11 in conference play, Tuesday doesn't matter. Because a team that wins 18, 19, 20 games in SEC play this year is going to be a, you know, top 5, 10 program. Yeah, I was going to say, top 5 national seed. I agree. I completely agree. So all of that, we're we're talking for naught if that happens right but if it doesn't and you find yourself 16 and 14 then you start to worry it's kind of like in basketball right Ole Miss looked really good in the SEC tournament played LSU really good could have won the game and LSU I think is a very good basketball team obviously they bottled but but the but what haunted Ole Miss was the fact that Ole Miss lost to Wichita State earlier in the year and Ole Miss lost to Vanderbilt and and so you just don't want to give the committee or any selection person enough ammo to say, you know, they really weren't very good against the non-conference opponents. Right. You know, they took care of business against, you know, Alcorn State and 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 other programs, but 
you know, they they struggle. I mean, they're two and two against Monroe and Louisiana Tech. I could just hear somebody saying that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anyway, I'm I'm doing this as I'm walking the dog. So, I, yeah. Uh, it, well, it's yeah. You, you got to get it fixed. And look, we're gonna get to it here after the break and talk Auburn. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you sweep. Uh, it's all for naught. If you win two out of three, whatever. Just over and done with. You'd rather take your lumps in March rather than in May or June. Uh, figure things out and um, you know piece it together. I mean, this team had fun last year. That was kind of their their whole vibe, where they were very loose. Um, I didn't watch the game. I just paid attention to it um, via Twitter, but. I don't think I needed to watch to know that they were probably playing pretty tight. Um, they they played pretty tight on the weekends. They played tight against ULM, and they played tight against UCF. And uh, it seems that that's kind of been the uh, the bugaboo. That's been the Achilles heel is when they're not having fun and playing loose and just relaxing and playing baseball. They press and and they don't hit. So, um, but yeah, that's that's the issue. And and look, you mentioned Ben Van Cleve. Um, you mentioned Kale Baker. Look, Hayden Leatherwood. Those guys, if they don't start producing, Mike Bianco and them, Mike Clement got to got to figure a way out to uh, to to get that lineup going. I don't. Even, yeah, you know, the, and yeah. the the good thing about Ole Miss is there are other guys on the team who are very good baseball players. Trey Lafleur is a very good baseball player. T.J. McCants is a very good baseball player. Guys who can run, you know. I mean, look, it, it, play Calvin Harris more. Um, Calvin Harris, he's hit the ball well when he's in there. Yeah, they, it, there, there are. There's opportunity there. You cannot tell me to take Moneyball uh, as a reference to the movie. There are a group of nine players in that dugout that that are a great baseball team, and I think it's probably any collection of the nine. I think all the baseball players that we have are very good. But, you know, when a guy is struggling, move the next man up till that yeah. guy figures it out and put him back in there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, we're going to take our break uh, here from the sponsors. When we come back, we are going to talk Auburn and preview this weekend. So hang tight. We'll be right back. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments Part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. 
That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, Go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something the place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station Bourbon, a very small batch High Rye Bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So like we always say, Ask your, pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. back here on podcast rebellion talking Ole Miss baseball all right Tuesday's over and done with we've flushed it moving on this weekend Ole Miss opens up SEC play against the Auburn Tigers at home Swayze Field Friday night first game at 6 30 um Auburn not ranked they are 11 and 5 on the season uh glancing at their schedule they uh, dropped a game to Oklahoma in extra innings in the Round Rock Classic. They lost another to Baylor. And then um, they lost an extra inning game to Boston College that was wild. I remember following that one on Twitter a couple weeks ago. Um, Boston College came back from a big deficit at Auburn and uh, won that one. And uh, they dropped one to Little Rock 
last weekend. Um, the Tigers uh, actually traveled to Nashville on Tuesday, uh, won nine to seven against Lipscomb. Don't know anything about the uh, the Bisons. Um, fun fact: Lipscomb uh, incorrectly uh, uses the nickname Bisons instead of Bison, uh, so that's weird. Um, that is weird. I didn't know they, that. Learn something new every day. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but they come into Oxford eleven and five. Um, taking a look at their stats, um, you know, there's not going to be Tanner Burns trotting out on Friday, uh, so that's good news. He is uh, he is gone. He has moved on to the bigs. Um, look, eleven and five, but as a team, they're hitting three twenty two. Uh, they're paced by Tyler Miller. Who is hitting a pretty crisp four thirty three right now with six homers Jeez. and twenty six RBIs. Pretty solid, eight hundred slugging percentage on base of four forty six. Um, after him, you've got Josh Hall hitting three ninety four, Ryan Bliss at three fifty seven, and then the rest of the uh, what appears to be everyday players are all over three hundred except for two. Uh, so it seems like Auburn's going to hit the they're going knocking around the park a little bit. Um, no Doug, De- well, no, I was going to say good, no, good. no Doug, no Doug Nikhazy this weekend. He's still resting the uh, pectoral strain. So, um, going to get Gunnar Hoagland on Friday. I think that that's, that's, that's a good vibe with a team like this that hits it well. Uh, you throw your best guy out there on Friday, hopefully throw up a goose egg and, uh, get a win. But, um, they've dropped a couple questionable games this year, but it appears that Auburn can, uh, swing the stick a little bit. It does, but you know, a good a good statement to start a weekend is throwing a guy who leads the nation in strikeouts, mm-hmm. and you you kind of stifle a really good offense and come out and get a good win. You know, it's like Ole Miss comes out and wins four or five to one. At that point, you know you've set the tone for the weekend. You try and find one more win, and really you try and sweep. I always like to sweep. I mean, I know they say two out of three. Is, is what you're going for in SEC play, and I agree with that. But, you know, try and get some sweeps at home and, you know, put yourself really in the driver's seat to get the, uh, the I guess, the SEC slate going. Yeah. It looks like Auburn is going to throw. They started Cody Greenhill at one point in a game one. They started Richard Fitz in a game one. Um Let's see who they threw against Oklahoma. Against Oklahoma, they threw Greenhill. So I would imagine you're probably going to get Greenhill um, to go against Hoagland because I guess it's going to be good on good um, as it stands right now. Uh, Greenhill, 2-0 on the year, 188 ERA, .98 whip. Uh, He's got 14 Ks and 14.1 innings pitched. Uh, Richard Fitz, uh, 6.61 ERA, 135 whip, 13 Ks in 16.1 innings. And then um, trying to find who their other starter potentially might be. Um, looks like it could be either Mason Barnett or um, just looking at innings pitch, Trace Bright. Um decent eras nothing nothing too crazy but look i mean conference play hasn't started so numbers can be inflated because you've you know a mixed bag of playing some non-con games and um 
you know, just kind of some, some, uh, some, uh, schedule fillers, but, uh, look, it's, it's an sec series. Um, you know, we're kind of beating the dead horse here, but I mean, Ole Miss has to respond. Um, the pressure is on this weekend. I don't think there's any, any way around that. Um, well, you certainly don't want to start the sec, uh, play Owen three, right? Well, I, I mean, no, I mean that, that would just be a huge, huge, just shovel over the back of the head after losing like you did to Louisiana Tech and then, you know, dropping three in a row, obviously. I don't see Ole Miss doing that. Um, yeah, it would technically be five losses in a row. Sunday, oh, Tuesday, Friday, God, Saturday, yeah. Sunday. Yeah, so, I look, I, I think Ole Miss is, is going to respond. Um, they've got some veteran leadership. And, look, I, you mentioned it already, Mike Bianco was hot in the postgame. He, he, he called it a total embarrassment. Um, he said that they were going to get back and get to work and try to figure it out. Uh, I, look, I think with what, you know, the mix of Tim Elko, Kevin Graham, Peyton Chatagnier, you've got Ben Van Cleve, Kale Baker, Hayden Justin Leatherwood. Justin Bench. Yeah, Justin Bench. And then you've got the the veterans on the pitching staff with Hoagland, Diamond. Nikhazy's not pitching, but he's still going to be in the dugout. Um, you've got some veteran dudes mixed in Taylor Broadway, Jack, uh, Jackson Kimbrell. I mean, this is not a, a group of a bunch of freshmen and sophomores who've never done it. So I think they're going to respond. I don't think it's time to panic at all yet. Um, look, I mean, it's the first weekend of sec play. Let's, let's see what they do this weekend before we even come close to quote panicking. I don't think you we're know, there yet. I just, everybody just needs to take a breath. Losing, we losing, all talked about. Go ahead, go ahead, finish this up. Well, I was just going to say, losing thirteen to one sucks. There's no sugarcoating that. But just, just rebound this weekend, and it's fine. You know, we all talked about how good the recruiting class was with Grand Dillard and them. But isn't the one that are sophomores or juniors now the the best class Ole Miss has ever had? Um, I think on paper it Ranking was. Wise? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. Like. Right. Point being is there are too many good players, and you listed all of them on the roster for Ole Miss to not find wins. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. eventually, they just you know went start winning games because you just got too much talent. And I think I think we will start. You know, and and it's not like Ole Miss hasn't been winning games. I don't know the record you might have in front of you, but you come out, you take two or three from Auburn, maybe sweep. And everything's good, you know. I mean, you're back on track. Yeah. Well, you're sitting at 13 and four right now. The you know the the quote real season starts this weekend with SEC play getting cranked up. Those are the wins that you need to pile up. Like you said, anybody that wins anywhere from from 16 to 18 games. Um, look, I, there's some really good teams in the conference this year. Um, maybe maybe a Vandy, maybe a Florida. Um, I, I don't know if, if anybody from the West can get there because the West is so hard, but I don't think there's anybody that's going to win 19 or 20 this year just because the conference is so deep, but yeah, you have to get really high. Yeah. I mean, you have to just hit and pitch it well all at the same time, hit it, hit, hit, hit your schedule in stride. But yeah, I mean, 16 and 14, 17 and 13, that's definite hosting uh conversation and then you know possibly a national seed conversation if you take care of business in the midweek and and 
you know, win the other ones. But, but yeah, I mean, look, it, if there's a if there's a a word for this weekend, it's it's rebound. That, that's all you got to focus on. But look, I mean, the pressure's on. They got to do it. Well, and you know, it could be coming off of even though my teams typically play well. I mean, frankly, they play everybody well, but they typically play really good teams well. You could be coming off of that loss to Louisiana Tech and be staring at Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you get an SEC series at home against a winnable opponent. Yeah. And, you know, it's not Florida in that dugout across from me or Arkansas. It's it's Auburn. And so you should be able to take care of business. And look, and, and look, this could be a stretch where we learn a lot about this team, how they can respond, because – you got three against Auburn. They're a solid club, but they're not ranked. They're they're not great. And then you go to Alabama um, the following weekend. You get um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday series game ones on ESPNU, um, and then sandwiched in between that is one game against Central Arkansas at home. And then you get North Alabama at home on that following Tuesday. Then it gets very very real. You go Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Gainesville at Florida, you got Alcorn, and then you got um, at home against Arkansas. And then you go to, and then you have Austin P at home, and then it's Mississippi State in Starkville. Then you have Little Rock, and then you have LSU at home. Then after that, it's South Carolina. That stretch right there is absolutely brutal. After the South Carolina series, you get A&M. A&M, I think, is kind of down this year. They're not their typical top 10, top 15 self after that it cranks right back up vandy then you go at georgia to close the season so you really only have like this weekend next weekend and then two more quote gimme series now nothing in the sec is a gimme but you get what i'm saying the rest of the season look it's it's almost you're lucky to to get out with one win much less two so it's it's a combination of got to stay healthy and and you got to get hot and you know if if you're not getting hot you got to be consistent and you got to win at least one or two um every weekend to keep pace with everybody else because like i said the west is dominant and then the east is um is is you know it's it's top heavy with Vandy still and has Florida Vanderbilt, still has yeah. Florida South yeah, Carolina's good this have year good players South Carolina's yeah. good you know at the end of the day all these teams are good I mean, they're going to have really good players that, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be better than who Ole Miss has played, maybe other than the first weekend of the year. And Ole Miss went 3-0. and Listen, we're not saying Ole Miss is, in, is incapable of, of – I think Ole Miss is capable if, if the cards fall all right, the pitching is there for Ole Miss to win more than 18 conference games. But they've got to swing the bat. They've got to work good ABs, and they've got to get – or what did um, – Cliff Godwin, we used to call them quality ABs, QABs, or whatever. Yeah. They've got to, you know, Ole Miss needs to be driving the ball. And I think they've got the capability of doing that. There's no doubt. Ole Miss has hit a lot of solo home runs this year, or two run home runs this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I, which means that the power is there throughout the line. And they've done that throughout the lineup. The power is there throughout the lineup to also drive gaps with guys on base. I think, I, I mean, I don't. I don't think that we're overreacting because I'm not worried yet at all. But like, you know, you start Ole Miss just needs to play well this weekend and continue playing well 
throughout the next week and then and kind of get back on track because now you drop two in a row to two lesser opponents. There, I mean, there is no question. I think even those opponents would say that. I mean, Louisiana Tech may not. They may think, well, we went two and two against Arkansas and Ole Miss, and that's great, especially mm-hmm. the way they win the game. So maybe they are good. Maybe they're this year's Louisiana Lafayette. But e- even still, eventually Ole Miss or, you know, Ole Miss is going to play more talented teams here forward, right? And so, you know, the best way to do it is to, like we said before, come out Friday, get a solid win, and put all the pressure on Auburn to, you know, try and squeeze one out on the weekend. And and next thing you know, uh, Auburn's pressing, and they're panicking, and they're throwing the ball around, and they're messing up rundowns, and it's not you doing that. And then, you know, you take two out of three, maybe sweep, and you go into next week with all the confidence in the world and really haven't confidence in the world and really haven't even dropped in the rankings or anything. You're still where you were before. Yeah, absolutely. That's key. I mean, I think that's what it is, is is don't worry about what happened on Tuesday. Just keep just keep pushing forward, keep trying to improve and and look, just you gotta figure it out because I just laid out the schedule. It's it's not gonna let up at all. The schedule is not going to wait until Ole Miss figures it out. So um, the key this weekend, rebound, get back on your feet, and uh, get you an SEC conference uh, series win. So Friday, 6.30, Gunnar Hoagland going against the Auburn Tigers. Um, we'll have coverage of that on the site at Red Cup Rebellion. We'll, uh, we'll cover it as best we can on Twitter. Follow us, follow Swayze Field on Twitter. Um stay up to date and then uh sunday monday we'll uh we'll wrap it up and and we'll uh we'll recap what happened so for ben over there uh thanks to uh you the listener thanks to davis mccord state farm for sponsoring us and uh putting us in this uh lavish studio um but until uh until next time thank you all for tuning in we out